HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Kane Vineyard and Winery, a Napa Valley winery committed to respecting the soil and dedicated to the creation of three Cabernet blends. For more information, visit Kane5.com. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Good afternoon and welcome. This is What Doesn't Kill You, Food Industry Insights. I'm your host, Katie Kiefer. And today, we're going to talk fecal engineering because behold, lo, a miracle has occurred. A company has come up with a digester for livestock waste that will transform our waterways. And to talk about that particular digester is uh, Craig Scott, who is Vice President of Capital Markets and Investor Relations. Mr. Scott participated in several private placements for Bion. It's called Bion Technologies, folks. In 1993, when he was then licensed with the National Association of Securities Dealers as a registered representative, he left the securities industry in 1996 to take a position with Bion, where he was instrumental in business development, capital raising, and developing public and market awareness of Bion. Congratulations, and thank you for joining us today, Craig. It's good to hear you. Well, thanks for having me, Katie. Oh, I'm delighted. I mean, I think everyone should literally be just, you know, throwing their caps in the air with joy at the news that some company has finally come up with a solution for manure lagoons. So um, tell us, what is that solution? What do you guys do? Well, uh, Katie, over the last 23 years, uh, we have developed a comprehensive treatment platform. And and when I say platform, I'm talking about a technology platform that is modular and that allows us to provide not only comprehensive treatment of the livestock waste, but also to recover many of the assets that are in that waste stream that are are now being wasted downstream and and are really one of the biggest problems in our water quality in the country today. Um, our technology can remove up to 95% of nitrogen and phosphorus in the waste stream, essentially eliminates ammonia emissions, um, reduces greenhouse gases by 90%, and all but eliminates any pathogens or hormones or antibiotics that are left over in that waste stream. So, again, it's a, it's a comprehensive solution. It's also a refinery to recapture 
those assets that are, that we're losing today. Uh huh. So those assets would be um, sort of you know uh, treated like manure essentially, but like manure without uh, all of those chemicals in it, which you could then happily and cheerfully spread about your garden and and farmland. Um, and also, you're saying you can reclaim the nitrogen and the phosphorus uh, in a way that, if I'm not mistaken, you said it becomes goes from inert to active or vice versa. In any case, it's it's uh, it can be returned to the soil without fear of harming uh, waterways in the future. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, nitrogen and, and part of the phosphorus that comes out of livestock waste is highly reactive. It's very mobile, um, right. and and it is what the you know the primarily problem in our waterways. But what Bion's technology does is stabilize that nitrogen and the reactive phosphorus so that it is. It's a much more usable form, and, and in fact, we are recovering it in an industry standard byproduct form, which, you know, creates value for the farmer, um, and and more importantly, it gets a me- it, it creates a mechanism to get that stuff off the farm, so that we can start to reduce those concentrations. Yeah. So, in other words, people can, um, you know, basically harvest products from their waste you know, lagoons. But I mean, aren't we talking about very large operations here? We're talking about, uh, you know, a Cargill facility. We're talking about a Smithfield, right? Or a Purdue? Well, certainly the economics work better as as the scale increases. Mm -hmm. But that said, um, we we are making advances in our technology that are bringing it to small, that are going to make it economically feasible for smaller and smaller operations. Wow, um, fantastic. I did not realize that, Craig. Now, tell us how to, I know you can't reveal any um, trade secrets, but basically how does this work and why is it different from what uh, many plants are already using, which is called the anaerobic digester? How does it differ from the anaerobic digester? Right. Well, anaerobic digestion is a, a centuries-old technology. Obviously, it's gotten better. But um, it's really focused on recovering renewable energy from the waste stream. It's really not an environmental solution. Ah. Now, understand it does have some environmental benefits. It it does reduce greenhouse gases. Um, It does reduce odors. But it really does nothing for the nutrient problem. And, in fact, Mm -hmm. it it actually exacerbates it because the the anaerobic digestion process through typical digestion increases ammonia emissions. And ammonia emissions are... Are, are a problem for several reasons. First of all, they, they cause, cause some health issues because they're a precursor to the formation of PM 2.5, small particulate matter. Uh-huh. But it also is a mechanism, a transport mechanism for nitrogen because uh-huh. ammonia volatilizes to the atmosphere and, and then it's spread around and then it comes back down through atmospheric deposition and just creates more reactive nitrogen in the entire system. Uh-huh. But now it's in an area where the only way you can get to it is through stormwater runoff, and that is very, very expensive. So it makes a lot more sense to capture it at the source. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just, I'm literally twittering like a, you know, like a cricket <laughs> here at the thought of all of these wastewater lagoons being cleaned up with Bion technologies, which I hope to be soon a very happy owner. Um, how about for human waste? Could we, can we imagine using this in municipalities to clean up human waste? Um, probably not. I mean, what, what really drives the economics of Bion's technology is the concentrated waste that you can get on site at a livestock I facility. 
Um, when you get to a municipal waste environment, you've got that that waste is is diluted by you know millions of gallons of water, and right. we really lose that economic edge. I see. Okay, now, good question. I mean, good answer. Absolutely. Um, so who who is mostly going to buy BioNTech? Let's get into the nitty gritty of this. Like, what does it cost? Uh, who's going to buy it? How will that be financed? I mean, obviously, we don't need actual figures, Craig, but just kind of a ballpark. Like, well, if- that, that, that's good, Katie, because you know it uh, the cost of the system is really going to be dependent on a number of factors. First right. of all, how many animals are we looking at? Mm-hmm. Secondly, what type of animals? Are they are they hogs? Is it is it beef cattle? Is it dairy? Mm-hmm. Um, and third, maybe the location as well. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. scale is the biggest factor. But Bion really has two business models. Um, one is the ability to come into an existing farm um, and clean up that problem and, right. and install controls that allow us to recapture these nutrients that clean the water. Uh, the other business model is really predicated on an industry solution, mm-hmm. um, and that industry solution gives us the ability now to to build livestock facilities, and, and I know sometimes this is kind of a touchy subject, mm. but I think a lot of the problems with large-scale livestock is its environmental footprint. Absolutely, no question about and, it. And, and a lot of savings can be had. Let's say that we eliminate that environmental footprint. Right. Now we can look at locating these facilities in places that make more sense strategically, that reduce transportation costs, uh-huh. reduce carbon footprint, and and it really opens up an entirely new way of looking at the entire distribution chain, because right now the industry is really hamstrung by that footprint, that environmental footprint. Uh-huh. And you've got a corn belt that's moved farther north. You've got you've got animals in locations where they really shouldn't be economically. And if you can get rid of that environmental footprint, now we can look at at rationalizing that distribution chain so that it makes more sense. Huh. Now, you, right now you guys are operating a, a facility at a dairy farm in Pennsylvania. Is that right? That's correct. It's uh, the Kreider Farms. Right. In, Tell us uh, a little bit about County, that. How many how many uh, cattle are involved? How many dairy cows are involved in that farm? He's got about twelve hundred active milkers uh-huh. at uh, Kreider, and we installed a system there in two thousand twelve uh, that has now received a full water quality management permit. It's the only livestock facility in this country that has a full water quality management wow. permit, just like a municipal wastewater treatment plant would have. Um, it's, it's an indication of the level of treatment and monitoring and control that we have. Mm-hmm. But um, the Kreider Farm also has about six million, five, six million poultry. Uh, he has a layer operation. Wow. And we intend, as soon as some of these policy issues that I'm sure we're going to talk about are resolved, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we intend to start construction of phase two, which will treat the waste from those poultry as well. Well, so what are the what are the policy issues, Craig? What what are what are the roadblocks to um, you know many many more people adopting this technology? Because I mean, like I said, it does seem like kind of a magic bullet here. I mean, you'd think that uh, you know the government would be like insisting that people implement this technology and maybe even give them tax incentives or something like that to make it happen. Um, so what's what what's holding up the uh, the show here? Well. <sighs> I, I think I think what's holding things up is really just the time it takes to make major policy changes in this country. I mean, we have a status quo that's really grown up around the Clean Water Act for the last 45 years. Right. And, you know, you've got a lot of processes in a regulatory framework that, that are really kind of cast in stone here. Um, those, those regulatory policies are really directed at what we call the point sources, which is essentially anything with a smokestack or a discharge pipe that you can measure, such as municipal wastewater treatment, right. um, power plants, things like that. 
But what we're finding is that we have spent, and, and we continue to spend more and more money on these point sources, water quality continues to decline, and yes. that's because we are ignoring the largest source of these nutrients. Nutrients are the largest cost driver in water treatment. And the primary source of nutrients is upstream from these point sources and, and resides in agriculture and particularly livestock production. Huh, wow. So, but you're, what about agricultural runoff um, that is just from crop, uh, from crop cultivation? There's a lot of, that's, that's also a bugaboo in the, uh, you know, in the industrial scale agriculture because so many of the pesticides and, and herbicides are, are running off and, and as well as the, uh, as well as the fertilizers are, are part of the runoff problem and part of the nutrient problem. Can you guys right. deal um, with that obviously too? Obviously that's a, a very large factor. We, we are of the opinion, frankly, that, that the livestock waste side of that equation is really by far the, the biggest problem. Uh-huh. But yeah, in, in fact, you've got a lawsuit going on in Iowa right now, the Waterworks yes. lawsuit, just about that problem. And, and that's because they've installed these tile drains that drain these fields and, and shoot that nitrogen right down into the water supply of right. Des Moines, Iowa. And they're now having to implement very costly controls to remove it. So it's a very complex problem. There is no silver bullet, um, to, to answer your comment. There really is no silver bullet. Don't here. burst my bubble, a Craig. combination of solutions <laughs> working together to solve this problem. You know, the livestock industry is a large part of it. Yeah. But, you know, as you and I discussed, the livestock industry is, is willing and ready to be engaged in the problem. And yeah. and by installing or, or by changing these policies and creating a pathway for, you know, some of the money that we're spending up, you know, downstream and, and not spending very effectively, and to redirect some of that spending to these upstream solutions is really the answer. Yeah. Um, and, and everybody really does have to work together here. Amazing. Uh, that, that's well... <laughs> I, you know, from your lips to God's ear, as they say. Yeah, I, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes we get involved in social issues. I think, and and yeah. and and really fail to see reason in in some of these issues. Well, the thing is, is that these, uh, you know, the 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 odor problems and the waste disposal problems are sort of community issues. They're quality of life issues, and that's where I find it astonishing that municipalities or or you know, state governments are not getting more involved in finding the solution say in a North Carolina or in Iowa where hog farming is so prevalent, you know, and that does really create stinks, man. It's a fact. And it's a drag. And there's a lot of ammonia in the air and people have lung issues. It's like, I just can't believe that this is, you know, that these antiquated regulations uh, are slowing down livestock producers from from uh, adding this technology to their quiver, as it were. Um you know, well, I, I'm just like I'm not getting what the what the regulation is that's saying to somebody, no, you can't do this. Like, what is that? Well, I think part I think part of the problem, Katie, is is this is all relatively new. Yeah. Um, certainly, it's taken a long time to get here. There's been numerous studies, you know, both independent as well as some not so independent that, you know, have put out various opinions on the issue and how to best solve it. But at the end of the day, you know, we didn't have solutions like Bion technologies a few years ago, right. um, or at least they weren't accepted. So we really were limited in our options. Um, and we had to focus on these point sources. And frankly, you know, and you and I have discussed this, the livestock industry was not, you know, ready for change. They didn't, you know, what they saw were huge costs coming their way yeah. that, that they just really had no way to bear. So so what we're doing is is I think we're getting to a point now where the policy changes do make sense. And, and I think, you know, particularly in Pennsylvania, um, 
both the legislature as well as, you know, the Auditor General who released a report last week have recognized that there are better solutions here. Right. Uh, Bion is certainly one. There are others out there. Uh-huh. Um, we, we are very focused on the wet waste, but there's a lot, of, a lot of people out there that can provide solutions, particularly on the poultry side. Uh-huh. So I, I think it's really, you know, certainly things take a long time. Um, in changing bureaucracy and changing the, the status quo. But I really do think we're there. I think we're really at a tipping point. Mm-hmm. Um, the technologies are there. The political will is there. Certainly the environmental problem has been identified. The sources have been identified. And, and I think everybody's ready for change. Yeah. Well, I, I, I forgot to mention at the top of this segment that um, I had interviewed one of your colleagues about six years ago when I first started doing mm-hmm. this show. And I was like, I was blown away by the technology then. And since then, you've gone through quite a bit of uh, sort of new iterations. You have a whole, uh, you know, quite a different platform, I think, now than you did at the time. Um, it was a much more sort of simplistic kind of closed loop thing. And I, I don't remember him saying that you could filter out chemicals like hormones or antibiotics. And by the way, how do you do that? Just curious. Um, really, the biology in the system is, uh, they, it eats everything, uh-huh. Katie. Um, you know, you wouldn't want you wouldn't want to swim in the thing. It yeah. it really you <laughs> it know those bacteria are and these are naturally occurring bacteria. Make sure we understand that. Of course, but but they eat everything: the nitrogen, the phosphorus. I mean, they just they get it all. Uh huh. Wow, it's amazing. I mean, I'm just I'm so thrilled with the whole thing. I can hardly stand it. Um. So, the next step for you guys is is what? How are you going to proceed? Like now that uh, that the livestock industry is starting to, you know, perk up their ears and say, "Hey, wow!" In fact, I should also mention that where I saw a mention of your company again was on the on the uh, web page for the Global Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. Now right. that's we're talking really big players there, Craig, huh? Really Absolutely. big. And, and you know, that's we're exciting. very happy to see that. Um, you and I discussed this. You know, mm-hmm. at, at first, I think the livestock industry was was not so ready to embrace us. Uh, no, um, they I think weren't. that now that they are, <laughs> you know, have moved forward in, in their thinking and, and understand that change has to come, yeah. you know, we are, we are much more accepted by the livestock industry. And, and in fact, you know, the legislation that's been introduced in Pennsylvania has the support of National Milk. It has the support of the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau, PENAG, wow. a lot of the major state and national livestock production interests recognize the fact that change does have to come right. and and instead of you know putting their heads in the sand and the see no evil hear no evil speak no evil they yeah. are they are now willing to engage in the process and be part of the solution right um, i think i think the primary concern is what is it going to cost yeah absolutely and ultimately we all know that that cost comes home to the taxpayer or the consumer right well let's um jack let's take a really short break and we'll be right back with craig scott from bion technologies we're going to talk a little bit more about um the senate bill in pennsylvania that is going through uh the process and and what that's going to mean so um stay with stay tuned And for the break song, this is called Anxieties by a great group called The Landing, New York City-based. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Chris. 
This is Chris Howell from Cane Vineyard and Winery, calling in from Spring Mountain above the Napa Valley. Thank you for listening to this show. In our industrial world of highly processed food and wine, we support the values of Heritage Radio Network. All of us at Kane encourage you to seek out individuality and beauty in everything you eat and drink. To learn more about us, go to Kane5.com. This is What Doesn't Kill You, Food Industry Insights. We're talking today about fecal engineering, one of my favorite topics. And on the phone with me is Craig Scott, who is the uh, Vice President and Capital Management, uh, Capital Markets and Investor Relations uh, for Bion Technologies. This is a new, not so new company, but uh, they have a very um, sophisticated patent or series of patents out that will that promises to revolutionize the industrial livestock industry if they would only just listen up. Now, I, I think we need to, like, Craig, we need to, like, get their ear and and set up a meeting with somebody important. <laughs> well, Katie, Katie, I think we have their ear, um, frankly, and, I, yeah, and it's no, not just too. you know it's it's not just an understanding of, of impending regulation if 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 the problem isn't cleaned up, but but really you know a technology like Bions brings other benefits to the livestock industry, and you know we really didn't talk about that, but let's hear them. One one of the things that you know consumers are are driving is is sustainable practices, yes. sustainable production practices, and the livestock industry is obviously not a particularly sustainable practice as it's been done traditionally. That said, you know if you come in and you do clean the problem up and you increase efficiencies and and and, and increase and increase resource efficiency. Now you've got a solution to you know people like McDonald's and Costco and Walmart that are all you know moving towards sustainable practices for for their consumer products. I mean the consumers are demanding it. Yep. Um, and and there are technologies like Bion out there that can deliver those sustainable products. Um, again, I think you know one of the issues is to get away from an automatic dislike of large-scale livestock production because of that traditional environmental footprint Mm -hmm. and start looking at the possibilities with large-scale production when you've got the problem cleaned up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just, to me, it's just a giant win-win. As you and I have discussed in the past, the uh, industrial-scale livestock production is not going to go away anytime soon. And so, uh, you know, might as well just bite the bullet, accept what the status quo is, and make it better uh, rather than, you know, waving your arms in the air and saying, we can't have this, it's got to stop. I mean, it just never will. So we have to, like, go forward and make it better. And that's what you guys are doing. So tell us about this, the bill in the Senate in the Pennsylvania Senate that is going through the process right now. What is what is that all about, and what will it mean in terms of um, giving you more uh, options for selling your technology to livestock producers? Well, Senate Bill 724 was um, introduced last week in the Senate Environmental Resources and Energy Committee. Mm-hmm. Um, and what the bill will do is establish a program that will allow Pennsylvania taxpayers to reduce their costs for their Chesapeake Bay compliance. And, and it's right. going to do that by setting up, it's, it's going to engage the private sector, first of all. Um, and it's going to set up a competitively bid request for proposal program, an RFP. Uh-huh. And it will be available and open to any source of nutrient reduction. And, and what makes this work is the establishment of what's called a verified reduction credit. Right. And, and that's, that really came about last year, and, and essentially what it did is it established a common currency so that now we can compare, compare apples and apples, and we can compare them based on cost. Uh-huh. 
So Senate Bill 724, I keep wanting to say 994, that's what it was called last year. Um, 724 will establish this competitively bid program where these nutrient reductions that have to be verified, a Department of Environmental Protection approved verification plan, and it will allow these permitted point sources to acquire reductions at a lower cost. And, And we're not talking about a small differential in cost here, we're talking about an order of magnitude of four or five ten times cheaper than than what they're looking at today. Mm. So can you, like, how do I, I mean, what what are they spending today versus what you anticipate as the savings? Well, Let's there are, there are several studies that. that are out there. Um, the Legislative Budget and Finance Committee, a bipartisan report that was put out by Pennsylvania. You've got the Chesapeake Bay Commission report. Mm-hmm. There's a University of Maryland report. The numbers vary, Katie. Okay. But for municipal wastewater treatment, you're looking at somewhere in the 40 to $50 per pound annually. Okay. For agricultural best management practices, planting cover strips and, and you know, other agricultural practices that that can be implemented, not a technology solution. Uh-huh. There, even those are going to cost somewhere in the forty to fifty dollar range. The next step is going to be, you know, if these states don't comply, is going to be stormwater controls that are going to be mandated by EPA. Uh-huh. Those are going to run anywhere from three hundred and eighty to six hundred dollars per pound wow. annually. Bion can produce on-site livestock verified credits for somewhere in the 8 to $12 range. That's, uh, okay, so there so is that, a dramatic difference dramatic, in cost, yeah. and, and it's yeah. all about catching that nitrogen mm-hmm. at its source and, and treating it while it's still concentrated, because once it's been allowed to escape to the environment, mm-hmm. if you have to take that out using stormwater treatment, right. your costs go up you know, by 20-fold. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, that, that was what I was looking for, was that kind of sort of dramatic differential. Um, well, it is dramatic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, when you're talking about credits, though, this is something that I think a lot of people struggle with, and I know I do. Like, when you say that, for example, um, uh, these, you know, the implementing um, your technology, it would, it would uh, part of the way they measure it is the total maximum daily load parameter credits. Can you define what that means by a credit and, and how would you, would you trade credits? Would it be like a cap and trade so that one guy who's continues to pollute can like pay the other guy for polluting less? Is that what you mean by that? Yes, uh, sort of. I, I think what you're going to see is the entire process is going to, is going to evolve into one of direct procurement as opposed to trading. You know, trading leaves a bad taste in some, spe- some people's mouths. Yeah. Uh, they think that it gives you a right to pollute. What it's really about is reducing cost because, you know, if you look at the point sources that would be trading credits, they're already subject to very, very strict regulation, and and they're already removing very high percentages of nitrogen and phosphorus. To ask them to do more is going to cost a lot of money, and you're going to get very small incremental improvements. So from a a financial perspective, it makes more sense to go to these unregulated, these non-point sources, and essentially do the same thing. You're going to accomplish the same thing. You're going to reduce the nitrogen flowing to the bay. You're just going to do it a whole lot cheaper. And and that's going to do a couple of things. It's it's going to make your reductions more effective, and it's going to accelerate the implementation. 
Mm-hmm. Because if, if you're going to, if you think that we can sit back and wait for regulation on the livestock industry, you know, the Bay, <laughs> the Bay and the Great Lakes and, and the Mississippi River Basin, Gulf of Mexico, they're just going to get worse. Yeah. No, no an, question an incentive, about it. An incentive program really provides, as you said, it's a win-win solution. And, you know, whether you like credit trading or not, it's going to save the taxpayer money and it's going to ultimately accelerate the cleanup of the Bay. Right. I mean, it's just a, it's an incredible uh, thing. So, <clears throat> to, I mean, I'm still like sort of struggling with the whole credit thing. But can how do you how will buy on, for instance, um, verify the total maximum daily load reductions? Can you I mean, if it's so, so it's so you install your thing on a farm or a big mm-hmm. agricultural concern, a big livestock concern, and mm-hmm. all of the water, all of the waste water goes through your system and you can. You can capture exactly how much it's removing. Yeah. You can yeah, identify. We're, we're meas- and, and we're measuring that. Right. We're monitoring that in real time. We're actually mm-hmm. measuring those reductions. So, you know, through a mass balance equation, we know exactly how much nitrogen and phosphorus goes in, and we know exactly how much comes out. We get that delta, mm-hmm. and that is the credit. So, you know, be- and, and again, it goes back to Bion's level of, of monitoring and control that allowed for the full water quality permit and it allowed for the verification plan. I mean, we track that process through every step. You know, we have mechanical processes, biological processes, chemical processes, and thermal processes, and we know exactly what happens at every stage until we get to the clean water and the byproducts at the end. So we know exactly what goes in, we know exactly what comes out, and we get the difference. And who who gave you the verification? Did you tell me that already? Who was? Yes, yeah, the... the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection. Uh-huh. They they issued a verification plan that tracks those numbers and and validates essentially what we say we're removing from right. that waste stream. Right. And has that traveled? Has that verification traveled to other states or or into the uh, the national EPA, for example, which is right now struggling with its own Clean Water Act? You know, sort of. Well, certainly, and, and and understand that Pennsylvania's you know nutrient credit trading program really you know it's an it's an EPA approved plan. The EPA does not approve technologies or plans that's left for the state at the state level as long as they're meeting the EPA mandates. Um, but at the end of the day, you've got somewhere between twenty and forty states that have this problem. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I think. You've got nutrient trading programs that have been implemented in 20 of those states. And I think, frankly, that everybody is waiting to see what flies between Pennsylvania and the EPA in the Chesapeake Bay. And I think that what you're doing is you're establishing a blueprint or a a national model Mm -hmm. that can be adopted by these states because there's really no point in reinventing that wheel. Um, This livestock issue and and excess nutrients from livestock and agriculture are the primary source of nutrients in most of these major watersheds. There's no reason to do anything different. Yeah, yeah. No, it it makes so much sense to me. Um, So what are the biggest challenges you face in terms of getting, you know, growing out the business and, and getting other people? Is it legislation issues? Is it like just unfamiliarity with your company or what you do? Is it what it costs to implement this? Like what... What's going to, you know, keep this from happening at a grand scale in a rapid way? Do you well, I, I think at this point it's inevitable, Katie. I think the, the only real issue is timing. So. I don't think it's if it happens. I think it's when. Um, certainly the studies are out. We know what the problem is. We've identified what needs to be done to solve it. As new technologies like Bions come in, you know, they're going to be adopted. We need, we need to get this policy framework tied up. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I think we're, all, we're moving forward on all those fronts.
Right. Um, I, I think sometime here in the next couple of months, you will see, you know, hopefully we're going to see Senate Bill 724 be successful and be adopted by the Pennsylvania Assembly um, and signed by the governor. And I think you're going to create that model that the rest of the states can now adopt because, you know, they got they really do have the same problems and, and they're sure. facing the same tremendous costs if they don't get to these alternatives. And, and I, I really think it is just a question of timing at this point. Wow, it's very exciting. You must be thrilled. I mean, you've been working on and off with Bion for over 20 years, and to finally see the fruits of that labor pay off must be a pretty heady moment for you. Yes, it is. Um, I like to say I've been tilting windmill, windmills for 23 <laughs> years, and, and it looks like the windmill's about to fall. Um, and, and really, it, you know, it is a common sense solution. And, yeah. you know, sometimes it gets a little disappointing or a little frustrating to know that it has taken so long. But, you know, this is a major policy change. you got some yeah. very deeply entrenched interests here. This is a $115 billion a year endeavor in this country, just cleaning, you know, just clean water. And, wow. you know, it's it's grown up around a Clean Water Act for 45 years. And, and you know, to think that those changes would come quickly would be naive. Yeah. Um, but I think at this point that we have enough independent studies and enough recognition of the problem mm. that it's just a genie that can't be stuffed back in the bottle. Yeah, you no, got to get agree. to this livestock issue, and if you don't, you downstream, you're just not going to solve the problem. Yeah, absolutely. No, they they have to address this, and and it is encouraging that uh, people like the Global Roundtable for Sustainable Beef are going to are you know at least interested in taking a look at your technology. And do you see this like being implemented around the world, or are there companies that are already more or less doing what you're doing in other uh, heavily you know um, industrialized livestock operations, like in say Australia or uh, in Brazil where the you know JBS operates? I mean, who else is is looking at this? Well, well who else is you know, it is a global this? opportunity. That's that's for sure. This is a problem worldwide. I think mm-hmm. uh, the latest figures were something like 700 of these dead zones worldwide. And and again, oh. you can trace a lot of it back to livestock. Yeah. Um, we are we we have been involved with JBS through the Coalition for an Affordable Bay Solution um, mm-hmm. as part of the solution for the Chesapeake Bay. Um, yeah, there there is interest at. With with some of the largest producers on getting this problem solved and and moving forward with an industry that, you know, I, I, I'm sure they'd like to to clean their image up a little bit. It's taken a beating over the last few years, and sure and I think everybody is is now finally getting on the same page here. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing how slow they are to react. I mean, I'm always stunned. Um, I, I attend, uh, you know, industrial agricultural uh, events as often as I can. And uh, it just blows my mind how, what a silo, uh, essentially, that they live in. And because they live in an echo chamber, it's it's taken such a long time for just basic stuff to penetrate in terms of just like the use of antibiotics, for example, or the use of certain right. types of hormones or, you know, or the waste uh, treatment issues, you know, or animal handling issues. It's like, you know, very, very slow movement in any of those directions but it you know the wheels are turning i mean i i do see uh i do see a lot of change in the industry overall and i you know i'm encouraged by that certainly because like we said it ain't going to go away so um how do you see your technology evolving in the future like where is it do you is there another iteration of biontech that's going to be even more efficient or work with a different sector like right now you're working mostly with hog and cattle production and you're saying maybe you're going to go into poultry production 
No, you know the poultry poultry up. waste is a little bit different character. Mm-hmm. It it's it's drier. Um, there's a lot of different ways to skin that cat, if you will. Um, <laughs> our, yeah. We're going to stay we'll focused on the feathers. wet livestock waste stream, which is dairy, beef, and swine. Yeah, uh, that's where our technology really works the best. I see. Um, and and as far as you know, moving forward, um, you know there is there's just so much opportunity in the United States. You know now that this problem is is where it is. Um, as far as our technology, it, it really does a great job on, on, the, on the treatment side. Yeah. Uh, we are, and, and we actually filed a, a new set of patents in September of last year uh, because we are, we are improving it on the byproduct recovery side because any revenues that we can produce or any, any capture of assets or value that we can get on the back end of that system right. just helps offset the operating costs and the technology adoption costs, so it's going to make it an even more acceptable solution. So that's, that's, that's the direction we're going right now is, is improving the value of those byproducts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as these, these policies unfold um, and the industry embraces the technology that really brings several benefits to them, you know, we we think we think after we think those twenty three years are going to be worth it. I, I'm I'm excited for you. As I said, you know, I'll I'll, I'll be an investor. Um, so um, I guess if people want to learn more about Bion Technologies, unless there's something else you want to say, Craig, I think I'll wrap it up. But um, but tell us where people can read more about your company and what you're doing. Well, we've got a, a pretty comprehensive website. It's um, Bion Tech, just B I O N T E C H dot com. Um, actually, if you check in another week or so, it's going to be even prettier because we're redesigning the site. But, oh, you know, you can either go to the site and, and read about it. You can call me. Uh, my number is listed on that site. And, you know, we we really think we've got a great opportunity here. Um, certainly, there's still some risk primarily on the timing side. But, you know, as an investment for, for somebody that's looking for socially responsible investment opportunities or, or, or is an impact investor, should take a look at us. Uh, yeah. We do trade on the, the OTC bulletin board. Uh, yep. We are characterized as a penny stock, even though we've been around and fully reporting for 23 years. But uh, we are on the bulletin board. Our symbol is B-N-E-T, Bob, yep. Nancy, Edward, Tom. And, um, you know, we invite you to, to learn more about what we're doing and, and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much, Craig. This has been really interesting, and I'm really excited about it. I just think it's the greatest thing, and I'm, I'm, you know, wish you the best of luck in the coming months. I hope everything works out exactly as you uh, hope it will, and and for the sake of all of us who would like to see more clean water flowing in the Great Lakes, the Mississippi, and the Chesapeake Bay, you know, it's uh, you guys have definitely way ahead of the game, it seems like. So, um, thanks so much for joining me today, and thank you to my sponsor, Kane Winery, who has been sponsoring us ever since we started this radio station. And remember, we're still in the midst of our Kickstarter campaign. We're looking for funding for our new website. Um, Please consider donating if you haven't done so already. Uh, We still have about two weeks to go, and uh, we're more than halfway to our goal. So we really appreciate the support you've given so far. Um, But looking for just that little bit more, you can give as little as five five bucks. You can give as much as you want. So um, stay tuned for next week. We'll be talking with the great Tom Philpott uh, about almonds talking about water just a little bit more thanks for listening folks bye-bye thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at heritage underscore radio you can email us questions at any time at info at heritage radio heritage radio network is a non-profit organization 
To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.